The Cycle by Alexis Nicole. For as long as I can remember, I've witnessed the women around me shuffle through life searching for their version of love, aimlessly trying to find sanctity and intimacy that more than often tends to be elusive. My grandmother Jean watched as her mother's body was the unfortunate sacrifice for the rage her husband felt under the pressure of being a black man in America. The years of hidden bruises and bloody lips had a butterfly effect on my granny. Despite being madly in love with Willie Lee Hampton, a neighbor boy she courted through primary school, she settled for my Papa George after Willie Lee got drafted to Vietnam. My grandfather was a sweet, docile son of a preacher who owned land and adored the ground my grandmother walked on, even through her consistent tendency to find herself entangled in the sheets of beds that weren't her own. My mother, Michelle, though a complete daddy's girl, saw how his passiveness allowed pain to trample through their household and in turn detached herself to emotionally unavailable men. My parents did a well-choreographed dance of on-again, off-again for decades. My older sister, Charlie, used to say that it was fate. No matter how hard they tried to move on, and believe me, they definitely tried, they always seemed to find comfort in their familiar dysfunction. It's true love, bro. My sister beamed whenever our father would move back in. They always come back to each other. The times my father would disappear, my mother replaced the loneliness with seat fillers, none of which lasted longer than six months and usually left Charlie and I to our own devices. She, of course, used that opportunity to chase her own version of love, sneaking overnight guests in and out the house and paying me to keep quiet. I never saw myself chasing something that seemed to be in vain. Every day, I concentrated on the quickest way to get the fuck out of this house. The summer I turned 16 began as a hopeful one. Charlie was basking in her newly found 18-year-old freedom. My mother had managed to hook up with a man who owned the second largest luxury used car dealership in the state, and I plotted on having a dope-ass sweet 16 party. The morning before my birthday, I sat in a special place in the hallway and finished up summer school homework. It was one of the only times the house was absent of raised voices and slamming doors. The brief silence was cut by my mother's harsh, slightly drunken laughter. I rushed to the front room and peeked out of the window to see my mom and the car dealer giggling and kissing on the front porch. I quickly trotted to Charlie's room and rapidly knocked on her door. Charlie! Charlie! What? The door swung open to a full crack, barely revealing a half-dressed and slightly irritated Charlie. Mom's home. Panic came across her face as her company jumped up from her bed and began to scramble to find loose clothes on the floor. Shit, okay, um, just stall a little and keep her away from my door. Before she could close the door on me, I stuck my arm out to block it. We stared at each other for a second before she conceded. You're getting real fucking expensive, you know that? I didn't respond. I watched as she disappeared out of the doorway. Through the crack, I could see her guests continue to flail around, trying to put on clothes as fast as possible. Shoulder-length locks with blonde tips swung wildly with every movement. Charlie returned, handed me $20 and a dime bag of weed, and immediately shut and locked the door in my face. The front door opens, and I shove my sister's bribe in my pocket. My mom stumbles in, still laughing with the car dealer right on her heels. 
I cleared my throat to alert them to keep their affections at a minimum. <clears throat> oh, hey, baby. Uh, what are you doing up so early? Troy, you remember my daughter Monroe? How you doing, sweetheart? He continued to kiss on my mom's neck as she softly cooed and playfully tried to push his head away. My mother wasn't a big fan of having her boyfriends around her children for extended periods of time, so my presence brought their long evening together to an abrupt end. She gave him one last kiss and ushered him out the door. I waited until she locked up behind him before I spoke. So should I even bother to learn this one's name? Don't be flip, bro. Who do you think is helping with this extravagant-ass party you want this weekend? Because it damn sure ain't your daddy. I silently mouthed the last part of that along with her. It was her default phrase during her and my father's off-again moments. I decided not to challenge my mother any further, though. No point in spending my birthday on punishment. Well, I'm going to go get ready for school, I said instead. Uh, where's Charlie? Still sleep, I think. Mm-hmm. Sleep my ass. She marched right past me and feverishly pounded on Charlie's bedroom door like the police. Charlotte Montgomery, keep thinking you can sneak these nappy-head niggas in and out my house if you want to. Unlock this damn door. Your ass ain't grown yet, little girl. I always found my mother's threats comically hypocritical, seeing as though she herself was a teen mom. I excused myself to my room while they continued to yell at each other through my sister's closed door. I've been paid for my part. Best to let Charlie handle it from here. My best friend Teresa stayed up a block for me. On the outside, she was perfect. Smart, funny, beautiful, and popular in like an I-don't-really-give-a-fuck-if-I'm-popular type of way that made her even cooler. Our plan to graduate early and move to Atlanta together was the reason we were voluntarily in summer school. I honestly think it was just an excuse for her to not have to be at home babysitting children all day. Her family was a real-life episode of a 90s Jerry Springer show. You know, back when there was only one oversaturated storyline and they allowed them to really fight. The overwhelming sound of crying and screaming children got increasingly louder as I approached Teresa's house. I rang the doorbell three times to ensure someone heard it over the commotion. I could hear Teresa yelling as, the, as she opened the door. Amari, sit your little badass down before I pop you. Hey, girl, I'm ready. Hold on. She placed her two-year-old niece star that she was carrying on her hip on the ground and grabbed her book bag. She shouted one more instruction to the children before she shut the door behind her and we headed off to school. So, light morning, huh? Girl, fuck them kids. None of them gonna know what to do without me when we move to the A. I smiled at the thought of also finally escaping my family. Yo, bump all that. Girl, I am so ready for your party tomorrow. You know I got all the cuties coming out for you. And maybe you'll stop embarrassing me and finally hook up with one. Reese, that you know I am not on that. I'm just trying to have a good time with my friends. Oh, speaking of... I swung my backpack around to the front of my body, unzipped the small pocket on the side, and pulled out the small bag of weed. Teresa's eyes lit up. Oh, shit, some more bribe, but that's like the third time this week. Damn, Charlie dicking down Terrence like that? 
Before I could answer, I heard my name shouted in the distance, interrupting my chance to give Teresa all the juicy details. I glanced up to see Terrence Lattimore trotting across the street towards us. Leave it to Teresa to speak some, speak a person into existence. Hey, Ro, yo, what's good with Charlie? He asked without hesitation as soon as he got close to us. I ain't heard from her this week. Now, I normally didn't care to cover for Charlie without incentive, but Terrence was different. He was like everything in these streets. Everybody in the neighborhood liked him and respected him. And girls would basically throw themselves at him. So the fact that he mainly had eyes for my sister gave me clout by association. Plus, he was the reason Charlie had enough cash to buy my silence. And I plan to extort her until the day the first one of us moves out the house. Oh, she's pretty much been stuck in bed this week, I blurted out, technically not lying. It's a real bad bug going around, Teresa backed up right on cue. So anyway, Terrence, you know Rose's birthday is tomorrow. You coming to the party? Now, I knew the invite was Reese's discreet way to try and get some extra Terrence FaceTime, but I definitely appreciated the swift change of topics. Oh, word? Well, I ain't going to make it no party, but uh, here. He pulled out a photo stack of cash with, from his pocket, peeled off a $50 bill, and handed it to me. Happy birthday. A big, goofy smile spread across both Teresa's and my face at the same time as I held the money in my hand. Hey, yo, tell Charlie to hit me, all right? And just like that, we watched him turn and disappear down the block just as fast as he popped up. Damn shame. So it's not even Terrence? You definitely need to increase the price of your hush money. Agreed. We both giggled and continued on towards school. Around noon, Teresa, her summer fling Marquise, his friend Chris, and I decided to skip our last class in exchange for a smoke and munchie session. After we loaded up on our favorite snacks at the convenience store, which was heavy with foot traffic due to the summer break kids hanging out and local business workers grabbing food on their lunch break, we headed to the park. It was surprisingly empty with the exception of a few guys playing basketball on the opposite end. At some point, Marquise and Teresa snuck off, leaving Chris and me to finish half of a second blunt. To be honest, I actually liked Chris. He moved here from New York a few years ago, and his East Coast demeanor mixed with a sarcastic sense of humor was intriguing to me. He never tried to act cool around anybody. He was him 24-7, and I respected that. We flirted back and forth all school year, but it never went further than that. So when you gonna let me take you out, yo? Caught completely off guard, I immediately choked on the smoke and tried my hardest not to cough up a lung. <coughs> you mean like <coughs> on a date? <coughs> I was finally able to get out trying to regain composure. Sure, if that's what you want to call it. I'm just, you know, trying to get some me and you time. He flashed a grin at me and it was the first time I felt a tingle down my spine. I focused my attention forward as to not stare too hard into his eyes. Um, <clears throat> I'll uh, let you know. Just then, a loose basketball rolled past us, giving me a much-needed out from potentially making a fool of myself if this conversation went any further. I jumped up from the bench and jogged behind it for a few seconds before I was able to pick it up. 
A slightly taller than average athletic build figure sprinted in my direction with the raised hand signaling me to throw it back. That wasn't going to happen. I had never played a sport in my life and didn't foresee myself throwing a basketball very far. I proceeded to walk to meet the figure halfway that became increasingly familiar as they got closer. I couldn't place the face, but the hair was unforgettable. Shoulder-length locks with blonde tips. It was then that I realized the sports bra as she wiped the sweat off her face with the bottom of her t-shirt. Thanks. She grabbed the ball out of my hand and without incident went right back to her side of the park. I stood frozen, still trying to process that my sister had been hiding a girlfriend. I got home that night around 7.30. It was way earlier than I wanted to be at